Hello. Hey, darling. How are you this week? I'm great. How are you? I have to say, from last week to this week, definitely a huge shift. Yeah, so, yeah it feels um, different. You know, I often think that when I'm when I'm doing um, a reading on the cards, it's so supportive of of my own my own work because obviously I am doing the work when I'm looking at the card. Mm. And, you know, just trying to see it a little differently, connecting to the collective and then bringing it back to myself. So let's see what comes up this week. So one, two, three, and cut. All right. Oh, my. So how beautiful. So we had the seven of cups last week, which is to box and the queen of wands rises this week. So that's fantastic because that means a lot of the, the, sort of trash that was coming up last week, let's say two, you know, convictions and and emotions. We're we're kind of burning that out. And the Queen of Wands, you know, for everyone, this includes uh male, female bodies, right? It doesn't matter because we all have feminine and masculine yes. within us. So you want to remember that Even if a masculine card comes up or a feminine card comes up, doesn't really matter because we have both of them within us. And what's so fascinating, it gets so complex because at different times in our lives, we could have different masculine qualities and different feminine qualities rising. So, you know, if I'm working really, really hard, um, you know, constantly talking to people, doing, uh, you know, all kinds of work, I can be more in my masculine than my feminine. Um, If I sit and do sessions all day long, you know, just in my intuition, it's kind of balanced, but I'm less able to, you know, start thinking logically at the end of the day, because I've been working with both brains, intuition, translating intuition through the the both sides of the brain, you know, it's like everything is really active. So I can just kind of like at the end of the day, be really mellow. But if I have to talk on the phone, if I have to, um, you know, do, do a lot or perform a lot of activities, which is very masculine, right? And think logically with the left brain, right. you know, I can come out a little bit more masculine. Actually, the funniest thing when I first started going out with my my husband slash partner, whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things that would happen is, you know, when I when we first started dating, you know, I would go over and I'd be very feminine and very soft and very, you know, sensual. But as we started getting used to each other, you know, it's like, oh, just come over. Because usually at the beginning, you're saying come over when you're, you know, when you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're not talking to each other as often. And so, you know, it's like that moment of, oh, I just want to be romantic and that kind of thing. And time time passed and, you know, we're both really working hard. So I would work really hard, maybe arrive at his place at eight o'clock at night and I'd come in and I'd be like, and he actually looked at me. It was fascinating. I didn't know him as well as I know now, right? <laughs> and he just looked at me and said, I'll wait till you get feminine. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? 
you know, and, and this isn't his field. It was just something so spontaneous because he does have a good intuition. And it was so spontaneous. I thought, how do you know? He says, oh, no, you're very male right now, <laughs> you know, and he could feel that, you know, work energy, that, you know, energy of the day activity. And as soon as he said it, I just went, oh, just settle in. And I settled right in. He goes, oh, there you are. Now I can see you. <laughs> it's really, it was fascinating. So yeah, just you can notice. I mean, you'd have to explore what the feminine and masculine is. I often, you know, uh, the the things that we think the feminine and masculine are, we often confuse. And people will tell me, "Well, how do you know which one is which?" I'm like, "Well, I feel into yeah. it. You know, I, I look at the archetypes." you know, through fairy tales, look at the archetypes through mythology. You know, Zeus might have gotten mad, but he gets mad a lot differently than Hera does. <laughs> you know, uh, they, it, it, you know, he goes off and starts having sexual relations with humans and nymphs, and then Hera hears about it, and, you know, betrayal ensues, and uh, she doesn't necessarily attack Zeus. She attacks the person who she feels betrays her. Don't we do that as women so often? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like we get so mad at the woman yeah. instead of getting mad at the, at the husband. I, I wonder why we do that. I'm not going to go into that right now, but uh, it would seem to me that's a huge, a huge topic to look at is why do women blame the other woman rather than looking at the man going you betrayed yeah. me what's the other woman got to do with it <laughs> I don't really understand but I know uh, that so many women do that mm. why? why why I mean we could go into hours of study so I'm just looking at you know um, I know a lot of people go, well, you know, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to look at these things because, uh, you know, I don't agree with them because so many people have very, very um, superficial views of fairy tales, right? But when you go in deeply, it, it hits the collective. Yeah. Every single person on the planet experiences it. And it's not ideologically possessed it is fluid it moves you know it, it doesn't mean I'm always going to be in my feminine doesn't mean I'll always be in my masculine it's constantly moving you know I love you know one of my teachers John Beltheim he's your teacher too um, he he once said what makes us let's say female or male is just 51 yeah. percent that's not huge so we're way more similar than uh, dissimilar because if it's 51% is what determines that I am female and 49% of me is still masculine. It's not no. much. So we're way more similar than we are different, but we have enough of this little tiny percentage to go, how does my feminine and masculine work? And I can notice whether I'm in my feminine and masculine um, you know, when I'm more in my feminine, more in my masculine. It's fascinating because we're, we're better, better able to communicate. Mm. 
we're better able to be flexible. So oftentimes, you know, people just want everybody to be the same. Well, we're not. Yeah. Though I can be very similar to a male at different points. Very similar in my my energy, my expression. But of course, so what? I'm still my personal expression, which is individual. Yeah. We end up coming down to the individual. So whatever combination of masculine and feminine I am in any particular or any given moment is going to vary. You know, so so it's just fascinating rather than forcing other people. So this isn't a, a way to categorize ourselves to force. It's, ca- it's looking at the categories of feminine and masculine, but it's so um, mutable. It's, ca- it's mercurial, really. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. So with that being said, the mm-hmm. Queen of Wands tells us that our feminine, which is the feminine catalyzes, the feminine is disruptive. She's fluid. She she goes with the flow. She goes with change. How do we know some of that? Well, I like going back to nature. And we're a bit, as city folk, <laughs> distanced from nature, yeah. right? Uh, now, I'm going to use my masculine uh, to go hunting. We have birth control, so it means we can control when and where we get pregnant or not. We have a lot of controls around when should I, when's the right time, da-da-da. We didn't have that in the past. We just got pregnant. (laughs) You know, so it's very different now. So it's a continual distancing uh, from nature. So if you look at nature... That nature said, okay, here's this animal. It's going to go out and do the hunting while the other animal of the, you know, the opposite sex is going to brood, if you're a bird, and sit on the eggs. I mean, obviously some, some uh, like the seahorse, mm-hmm. the, mass, the male takes care of things. That's fine. It, it, there, there's no necessary rigidity, uh, but we know that there are that physiologically, uh, the, the female's going to give birth till, you know, we just do it completely in test tubes <laughs> and we further distance ourselves yeah. from nature or, we, or we, we make a womb and a man. I mean, all these things are possible. obviously possible. Um, but, it, but distancing ourselves from the planet and how she functions, it, it, it always seems to me as though we're... Um, creating a human in an image that we think is ideal rather than exploring uh, what our experience is here. So this is obviously my viewpoint. It doesn't mean it's anyone else's. It's just my viewpoint is the more I distance myself from nature, um, the more robotic I become. The the, the closer I get to nature, uh, the deeper my experience of being fully alive, right? It's like we distance ourselves. This is kind of brave new world, you know, Huxley and he he was saying that his book was predicting, I think, 600 years in the future. But when 
you know, once it came out and time went by, he said, no, I think this is 200 years in the future. And I wonder what he would say today. Because uh, I think it's the last statistic I heard for actually the UK was four out of five women are on meds. Wow. So these are for, you know, emotions, etc. I don't, I don't know why I know the UK stat, I think because I listened to a bunch of UK guys <laughs> online. Um, and then, you know, but of course, you know, you meet a lot of people here, people are, are drugged. And in, in Huxley's book, Brave New World, there was the, um, the drug called Soma, which actually, you know, subdued any emotional content like anxiety, etc. And it created a particular morality, mm. right? The drug could actually be the moral arbitrator of what was going on. Because if you have no emotions towards something, you have no anxiety, no nothing, well, wow. then I'm going to tell you, ah, don't let that bother you. Yeah. You know? Well, wait a minute, it is bothering me. <laughs> so, so I would say, you know, I'm completely, you know, in a different direction. I want to keep exploring. Let's say I'm anxious about something. I want to keep going deeper to unravel, you know, what are all the connections of my conditioning to, um, to that anxiety so I can live every day more and more fully. And part of our society now is going in the other direction. Yeah, everyone wants to eradicate pain. Eradicate pain, eradicate uh, suffering. Uh, it's so interesting because the lead character in Brave New World says, I want suffering. I want pain. Yeah. I want love. I want God. Very interesting words. I just found them so fascinating. So your queen of wands coming to the surface, she's going to disrupt. So because I found last week so incredible as a card, mm. um, I was wondering what would come up this week. And it feels like, you know, our feminine is going in and burning this stuff out. So, you know, you can congratulate yourself for doing that, that work with yourself, that you are actually doing it. Now, for those of you who didn't do the work, this could be a little bit upsetting because your anger is going to rise and you don't know why you're angry and you might blame someone else for that anger. Um, so that's not, that's not a very good thing because when, when we do that, like to use my, the story I'm bringing up here, if I'm feeling angry and I think it's the world's fault and it's getting me more and more anxious and I want to get everybody to change to be like me, well, I'm likely going to fail because <laughs> you can't get the whole world yeah. to do what you want. That's not going to happen. I mean, you're not doing what everybody else wants. So why would they do what you yeah. want? Because again, <laughs> it comes down to the individual that you need to, to take care of yourself. Yeah, we need to be responsible for what we've got, for how we're living life and et cetera. You know? uh, so if you're doing that, uh, you might go two ways. You continually get angry. I'm sure there are more avenues, but I'll bring up the most obvious. I'll get more and more angry, more and more anxious, keep trying to get everyone to do what I want. Or you go down the road and you go, I got to drug myself. I can't wait for Aldous Huxley's world mm -hmm. to come true, where I'm going to drug myself and I'm no longer going to enjoy poetry. I'm not going to read, you know, the classics. And I'm going to only read things that are kind of, you know, um, 
that teach me how to function in whatever task I'm doing. They even, what's so, so creepy about Brave New World is that when they, when they um, are raising each fetus, let's say they want someone who's just going to do one job, let's say go down in the coal mines and dig, they add a little fetal alcohol syndrome. So they put a little alcohol while the cells are developing. So they won't want anything else. Um, they also, you know, let's say have people uh, working in a factory. Uh, they condition the baby. So the baby starts crawling towards, let's say some flowers and, you know, cute and cuddly things. And then they start giving them electric shocks and loud sounds. So they'll be afraid of flowers and they'll be afraid of mm. cuddly things. And one of the characters says, well, why do we do this? Like, what's the point? I mean, if you're conditioning them to work in a factory, why are you doing this? Oh, for economics, economic reasons. We don't want any waste, like no waste of time. Uh, you don't want them going out of their home and you know enjoying the flowers. They'll be repulsed by flowers. They won't want them. There'll be no waste of time. And the only thing they'll want to do is work yeah. in the assembly line. And it's so so interesting because the God that they have, they say, God bless Ford <laughs> because Ford created the assembly line. Amazing. Well, you know, it's, it is hilarious, but boy, do we do yeah. these things, right? We've got, we've got a huge amount of people who, um, you know, idolize, let's say, beauty and, you know, how many people put photos on Facebook and and Instagram and then they you know pump up their lips they take out their wrinkles they change their hair color they take out and they put their bikini poses you know people on the beach it's it's hilarious you know they sit and they're posing these very sexual poses <laughs> on the beach photographing them and posting them online you know uh, I have never been one to say there should be a modicum of modesty. But now I'm thinking, well, um, where are we headed? If, if there's no modesty whatsoever and no responsibility for sexualization, mm -hmm. then we're at risk in society, right? We go out. Um, I've heard a lot of young girls say, I can wear whatever I want and men should not look. It's like, well, yeah. nature is nature. Yeah. Nature's gonna look. So now you want to control people uh, from you know following their nature. I mean, men are supposed to be attracted by women. They're automatically supposed to look because that's how we propagate the species. But if we want to get rid of all of that, we're gonna have to be mm. drugged. That that'll have to happen. And so you know, there are consequences to what we're doing by betraying our yeah. nature. And, you know, there's there's one thing to say, I, I know what nature is and I can be very practical with it. So of course, you know, your average man uh, may see a young girl and be attracted, but they know that's mm -hmm. this is not the place, you know? They, they know, okay, this is not that, this is not what I'm going to do.
because there are consequences to my actions. All right, there are consequences. If you're going to, um, if you're a married man and you go out with a 21 year old and you don't yep. wear a condom, you could get her pregnant, you get her pregnant, what's gonna happen? I mean, you could find all kinds of things you'd like to do. You could get her to have an abortion, but she may not. Uh, she could continually, she could tell your wife, you destroy your family, and it, it upsets the family, um, the children, the wife, and you've got a very complicated mm. situation. So, you know, there are consequences to our actions. Now, I'm not, I'm not running around saying, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you what to do, but I will tell you to your face what you are doing. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? So, so somebody comes to me and says, I'm, I'm having an affair with a married man and he won't leave his wife. I'll just say, but he's married. And they'll go, yeah, but I want him to leave his wife. Mm. I'm like, but he's married. Like, that's all you need to know. But somehow, you know, the, the romantic ideology of someone being married and, um, and thinking, you know, your dreams are all going to come true. You have to realize that the feminine, who is destructive in many mm. ways, will destroy a family to create a new family. So yeah. that's fascinating. So Queen of Wands, she's gorgeous, she's powerful, but each and every one of us are responsible for how she enacts it. And when you do get complex and when your kids hate you because you had an affair on your mom or the mom had an affair on the dad, whatever way it goes, and it affects your kids, well, that's mm. your responsibility. You're not responsible for how they feel, but you're responsible for, for having, you know, exploded the family. And all of your reasons, etc., don't have anything to do with anything. You know, I have a bunch of excuses why I did it. No, you <laughs> did it. <laughs> we're, not, yeah. we're not very good at that, eh? We're not very good at saying, I am doing this. You know, this is exactly what I've done. We go, this is exactly what I've done because I was so in love. And I was so blah, 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 you know, I was taken away. We're meant to be together. And then we start using spiritual um, jargon, right? So one big one is uh, soulmates. I, we're soulmates. Mm. Yeah, who cares? You know, why do we care so much that this is a soulmate? So when I examine, you know, if I think someone is a soulmate, why do yeah. I need that title? Why do I need it? So that's something to explore. Why do we need these titles? You don't need a title. This is the person you're with. It feels great. But, you know, going to some psychic who says, oh, yes, you're soulmates. You're meant to be together. Oh, yeah, he beats you. It doesn't matter. You're yeah. meant to be together. It's yeah. kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird. Or you're destroying a whole family. You're causing children in the family to suffer. You're causing the wife to suffer. And just because of your belief in a soulmate, it, it, it's as though it validates it. Well, sure, you can be a soulmate, but who says mm. you should be together this lifetime? Mm. So what? Even if there, there is such thing as soulmates, and, you know, I, I, there are too many parameters that people keep giving <laughs> me of what a soulmate is, right? Like this and that, it's like, it's way too, too confusing. So yeah. in the end, I just go, well, who cares?
Like, why, why would I care whether this From is... From enjoying being with them? I... Uh, yeah, but I, do you, I don't know about you, but I usually hear this answer because I don't want to oh, sell. Yeah. And, I, and I, I hear that. Oh, it's the and same one. Is it, it's the one. It's... <laughs> exactly. It's, the it's exactly one. the same. Yes. You know, yeah. the one what? You know, usually it's based in, uh, usually I hear, well, I don't want to settle. I want to know this is the one and this is the one for life. Mm. That's an externalization, external mm. locus of focus, right? Externalizing the focus as though someone else is going to be the one to fulfill you, which is filled with high rigid expectations. And those expectations are all, always yeah. lead yeah. to conflict, always. There, there's no, I mean, I'm saying always that's a heavy duty word, but if somebody could, would offer up an example, you know, I, I worked with this for years. I even spoke to my teacher and we, we both kind of said, yeah, I don't see that there is any time and expectation uh, would not lead to disappointment. Mm. I mean, when the expectation is met, you're not disappointed. But the, the problem is it's not met. Yeah. Right. And, and even the more someone meets your expectations, let's say you have this really great husband. And I, I will say that I'm very cautious of this because I know that my feminine tells my masculine <laughs> what to do. That's that's just what happens, right? The 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 masculine waits for direction. That that is the famous uh, adage behind every great man is a woman. Sure, uh, but also behind every, you know, you could say behind every failed man is a is a failed <laughs> yes. woman. So so we can't, you know, you, you can't just go one way because uh, there's always uh, the feminine telling the masculine what to do. And you can explore this in yourself, see what you come up with. Uh, my intuition needs to tell my masculine what to do. If I, if my masculine doesn't listen to my feminine, I always got into trouble. Mm. Always. Inevitably, I lost all my life savings doing that. Um, you know, I got um, uh, drugged and gang raped doing that. Any time I do not listen to my feminine or my masculine doesn't listen to my feminine, it it's a mess. So, you know, the more I understood, oh, my feminine's got to tell my masculine what to do, not my masculine tells me what to do, yeah. or society tells me what to do, or people pleasing tells me what to do, or politeness tells me what to do. No, no, no. I've got to explore it and see for myself exactly what I need to do. Nobody else telling me what to do. I must explore it, even if it leads me to a mess. That's fine. That's my mess. I'll take responsibility for my mess. And I've made enough messes in my life to know that yeah. I could. Yeah. Well, you made the mess. Clean All you up. do is yeah. get up and clean it up. That's it. And you, you work through it. You're not expecting that there will be no mess. Yeah. Life is messy. Um, so, so, yeah, if you're going in the direction of using your queen of wands to get everyone else to do things, to force other people to believe what you believe, to force others to listen to all your feelings. No, your feelings are yours. 
I, I have enough feelings and emotions to deal with on my own. I can't run around mm. taking care of yours. You, it's up to you. So, so simply put, if you don't like me, if I evoke emotions in you, you can either look inside and go, let me just see what's going on there. Mm. Let me work with that. Um, and if, it, if you've cleared all your filters and you still don't like being around me, fine, don't be. Yeah. That would be practical for you, right? So, you know, I think when I was, when I was younger, how hyper I was, you know, really strong energy. And um, I did have a, a lot of, a lot of friends, but this is my view now. I look back and go, oh, but there were times I'd walk into a room and I could move people out of the room. <laughs> how did I, why did that happen? And I felt very hurt, hurt by it. I'm like, but everybody likes me. <laughs> um, but as I got older, yeah. I went, no, not everyone's going to like that energy. Yeah. Not everyone can deal with that energy. Um, when, when I started teaching internationally breakthrough, you know, a lot of people said, you yeah. are very catalyzing. You're a and I would repeat over and over again, I am not a rebel, mm. I'm a conformist. And I'm battling my conformism. They're like, no, 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 you do whatever you want. I'm like, no, I don't. And one woman who knew me for 10 years in the 10th year, we went to a parking lot and she got all frustrated because it wasn't working properly. So she went down this other lane the wrong way. And um, it, it, it didn't seem to me she was taking the actions that she needed to take. She was just yeah. going, I'm going to do whatever I want. So my instantaneous response, I'm not saying this is good or bad. Oh. Remember, I don't care about good or bad. I only care about exploring what, I'm, what, I, what place I'm coming from. And instantly I said, you can't do that. And all of a sudden, it was like all of the times I told her I'm not a rebel. She turned around, she looked at me, she said, oh my yeah. God, you are the good girl. Yeah. I said, yes, I am. And she said, but you catalyze everyone. I said, well, look at the size of me. I'm five foot 10. Look at, look at how I speak. Look at how deeply I do this work. It's yeah. going to catalyze people. But I am not intentionally trying to catalyze anyone. I am really a people pleaser. So the way my intensity, which I, you know, I only saw in my 50s how intense I, I can be. I know my intensity can be too much and I try to tone it down. But even trying to tone it down I've been told over and over again, my God, you're triggering, you're such a rebel. And I'm like, wow, that's not at all my intention. My intention is to support you, to help you. So it's, it's so interesting. Now, this gets very complex. I'm not saying that that is a, a, a direct summation of everything. There's so much more I've realized, you know, uh, looking in on myself and what my triggers are and what my wounds are and you know, deconstructing the mind you know, has, has, I think, I feel, I sense, I see, I hear, and other people have noticed that I get gentler and gentler because I was very rough with myself. So, you know, when you're a conformist, you, and a rebel too, but 
conformism is a little hard, harder. We think when I'm a conformist, I'm super gentle. I'm super nice. I want to care about everyone. But you have to be really hard ass to conform to everybody. You have to be so strict with yourself to conform to every single person. You have to whip the crap out of yourself to conform to everyone. So that part of me that was whipping myself to behave for every single individual and then having also a lot of, um, you know, one of the things that was very exaggerated in me is when I would watch someone talking and all of their convictions, um, my imagery was I'd see blood. So in tarot, as we all know, mm. the swords draw blood. And I would see that. But that was my intense part of me trying to care for the other would bring up this really extreme feeling and this imagery of their bleeding and I've got to stop them from bleeding. Now I don't. So, so I appear gender, <laughs> but I let them cut themselves. Yeah. You want to cut yourself. You can either decide you want to do this work or not. Whereas before I was so intensely uh, interested in helping someone that I would try to stop them and trying to stop someone from cutting themselves is yeah. an aggressive act, right? Can you imagine grabbing a knife or somebody drowning who's trying to drown you? Yeah. You have to be to quite aggressive them. to get them um, to, to get them to stop it, and and it could ultimately lead to drowning if you keep, you know, allowing the person to pull you down. Um, you might drown with them, or you might, you know, say, well, I'm out of here and you're going to have to drown. So those things are aggressive. So even um, when a conviction comes up with someone and it's hurting them, you know, I'll state, this is how we do it. This is how we explore it. It is obviously up to you whether you do it or not, but I no longer yeah. try to take the knife out of their hands because it's a metaphorical knife. So if you want to continue with your convictions, you want to continue as the queen of wands and being kind of bitchy and going around and blaming everybody else for your situation, that's what you'll yep. continue doing. I, I'm not, I cannot make you do anything. Um, of course, you know, all the stress I used to be under was like going out there and wanting to help so much that I, I would, I would get pushy to help a person see how much they're hurting themselves. And now I just sit back yeah. and they just calm down now. So I find that fascinating, right? That's a fascinating shift over 27 years to notice, oh, the more I try to stop someone from hurting themselves, the worse it gets. The more I sit back and I give a parameter and I say, you have a choice. Like kids, right? You can sit here or there. You can eat broccoli or peas. You know, like you get to choose. Uh, you get it's either you stay in this place you're in, and blame everybody else, or yeah. and blame yourself, or we can do the work to get beyond that. So that's really interesting. That that fascinates me. Mm. So watch out for your queen. If you're blaming other people or you're blaming yourself, you're misusing her beauty and her strength, cool. and her creativity. If you're in tune with her, then you'll be super creative. You'll feel strong. You'll gain health. 
and you'll burn yeah. all of the garbage out of your body. And there we go. Whoosh. Whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was huge. Yeah. I can feel the nice. tension releasing from my shoulders as I really tune into her archetype and how powerful she is to burn out yeah. the trash. Well, thank you as always, Eloise, and thank you for everyone in listening and podcast land. Yeah, and we will see you next week. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.